0: Hey, and welcome to the Cross Point Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Michael Tadlock, and may it bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Jeremiah 17. I want you to go there with me. I'm going to read one verse today. Jeremiah 17, verse 14. If you're physically able, please remain standing with us this morning in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. You're not standing for me. You're standing for the word of God. So let's stand today. Verse 14, chapter 17, the book of Jeremiah. This is the words of the prophet. He said, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. Hallelujah. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for Thou art my praise. For just a little while today, this title won't make sense to you, probably right to start with, but we're going to get into it, and you'll understand it better by and by. Amen. We're going to come to you this morning on this thought, cracks, thorns, and wounds. Cracks thorns, and wounds. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Jesus, we just thank you, God, for being with us. Thank you, Lord, for just your presence that is in this room, for this time of worship, for those that have already came to the altar, for those, God, that have already been blessed by you touching their lives today. Lord, as I I stand behind this sacred desk, I stand with all humility. I know, God, that I'm incapable. I know, Lord, there's nothing within me that's good without you. I know today, God, my words, Lord, are not adequate. But I believe, Lord, if you'll send the anointing of the Holy Ghost for this moment to rest on me one more time. If you'll clothe me, God, with fresh fire from heaven. If you'll send the winds of Pentecost to blow in this room. If you'll bring a revelation today, be made manifest in our midst this morning. God, anoint me to present you to this people, Lord, as, as the repairer, as the helper, and as the healer. I ask you, Lord, to come and just be revealed here and now. God, I know there are those that are here, Lord, that are dealing with such things in their lives, cracks in their vessels, thorns in their flesh, and wounds in their heart. I pray, God, not one of us will walk out as we walked in. God, from this platform to the back wall, from side to side, I ask you for the anointing that destroys the yoke to rest on us in this moment. I bind every devil of hell that would want to hinder. I take authority in this room by the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, you said where your spirit is, there's liberty. So I ask you right now, Lord, for the Holy Ghost to abound in this room and freedom to be felt by all. I pray for that one that doesn't know you as Savior that's in here today. Maybe that man or that woman that's backslidden and away from you, not in right relationship. I ask you, Lord, to let Holy Ghost conviction settle on their heart even now and draw them to a place of total surrender. Lord, we give ourselves to you today. God, we can't fix what's wrong in us. We can't heal, Lord, what's wounded in us. We can't repair what's broken only you can. So we come to you today as our Savior and as our Lord. We ask you, Lord, to come and make yourself known in this room today. Let us walk out changed by your power and by your Spirit. And we will give you praise and glory for all that is accomplished in our hearts and in our lives together. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you as you're seated in the presence of the Lord today. I want to be very careful this morning in how I bring this message to you today. I want to be obedient unto the Lord in that that he's dealt with me on, over the last few days. And I believe Today there are many under the sound of my voice that needs to hear what thus saith the Lord. Today I want you to look past me. Not much to look at to start with, so overlook me. And I want you to see and hear what God desires to speak to you today. I want you to look at your neighbor and ask them this question. Look them straight in the eyeballs and ask them this question. Will you take your mask off? Ask them real quick, will you take your mask off? What are you saying, preacher? That sounds a little offensive. We all walked in here today with a mask on, or possibly you did, with a mask on, and trying to make it out that everything's okay on the inside. Put a smile on so nobody knows there's pain. Nobody knows there's problems. Nobody knows there's issues on the inside. But I want to ask you today to take that mask off and and be real with yourself and be real with the Lord today. This verse in Jeremiah 17, the the prophet Jeremiah said unto the Lord, heal me, O Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me and I'll be saved. True healing only comes from the Lord. Salvation only comes from the Lord. Today the reality is in the lives of so many present here today or those that are watching online or possibly those that are listening to this message in a podcast is that we are all in some way either we have or we presently are dealing with cracked vessels, with thorns in the flesh, with wounded hearts or wounded spirits. Cracked vessels in that there are areas of our lives that are preventing us from rising to our full potential of being all that God has called us to be. Just about when we get filled up, it seems to seep out from the cracks in our vessel. Thorns in the flesh, in that it's battles of the fleshly man that seem to hold us down or hold us back, buffeting us, as Paul put it, and attempting to keep us from walking in the full victory and the anointing that the Lord has destined us for. Wounds in that they could be wounds that are surface wounds of our heart to deep internal wounds of our lives that cause pain every single day. Wounds that just won't seem to heal. See, the first thing I believe the Holy Spirit wants you to know today is that he feels your pain. The book of Jeremiah, the next, or actually a a, a few chapters back, in chapter 8, verse 21, this is the New Living Translation, but it speaks that, I believe the Lord would have you understand today, when the Lord said, I hurt with the hurt of my people. I mourn and, and, and am overcome with grief. In Hebrews 4 and 15, it also says, this high priest of ours understands our weakness for he faced all of the same testings we do yet he did not sin. The King James Version says that he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You see today and hear me and listen to me, please pay attention this morning. If we can keep them moving to a minimal today, I know I normally don't ask that of you but unless it's an absolute emergency, please Please keep them moving to a minimum because I don't want anybody being hindered from hearing what the Lord wants to speak into their life. The Lord not only sees you today, He feels your pain. He sees your imperfections. He understands your struggles. He, he knows the very faults of your mind. He, he, he knows the insecurities of your life. He sees and he knows it all, and he feels it all, and yet he still loves you with an everlasting love. Is there anybody thankful today that God loves you? Anybody thankful today for the love of God in this place? Come on. Can we just take about 10 seconds and just let a praise go up that we're thankful that the Lord loves us today? Hallelujah. Glory to God! Would you just turn and tell somebody, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. In Psalms 86 and verse 15, the psalmist said, "But Thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious and longsuffering and plenteous in mercy and truth." He's full of compassion. See, we could stop right there and preach for an hour on the love of God. For God so loved the world that he what? That he gave his only begotten son that what? I hear you saying it out there. I can't tell what you're saying, but I know you're saying it. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but What? Anybody glad he loves you so much that he died for you that you could live forever? Come on. I just can't move past that yet because I think we need to be thankful that the Lord loves us. Woo. When you couldn't love yourself, the Lord loved you enough to die for you. Hallelujah. It's important for us to establish that because when what, with what you're facing in your life, what you're going through in your heart and in your spirit, all that you're dealing with, you need to understand the Lord loves you, the Lord cares about you, cracks, thorns, and wounds. I want you to go with me now to the book of Jeremiah 18. It's one chapter past where we started, and it's the story of the potter. There the Bible tells the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and told him to arise and go to the potter's house And behold, the work on the wheel. So he gets up and he goes and he he sees the potter. There's the potter and there's the wheel. And on that wheel was a vessel of clay. You know the story. Not too many months ago, we preached from this passage. The Bible says that Jeremiah said the vessel that was there on the wheel was marred in the potter's hand. Now that word marred in the Greek, it has a number of different meanings. It It means ruined it means spoiled it means damaged it means broken so something was wrong with the vessel now we it may be a little uh, uh, i guess an assumption on my part that it was a crack that was there maybe it it uh, wasn't quite forming like it should and and, and it, wh- whatever was wrong it was marred it was damaged it was spoiled this morning we're going to kind of Uh, put a stop down and, and believe that there were cracks that weren't closing up and were causing problems within the vessel. The Bible says that Jeremiah looked at the potter and saw what the potter was doing, and the Bible says that the potter made it, again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. The potter, rather than throwing that clay to the side, the potter started molding that clay into the vessel that he desired for it to be. The reality today is that you and I, all of us in this place, there are areas of our lives that the enemy wants to use to keep us from being the vessel that God desires for us to be. If you want to be used of God in here today, I want you to shout Amen. Sounded like everybody to me. Maybe there's one or two that didn't. But the reality is most of us in here desire to be used of the Lord. If I was to ask you today, do you really want to serve God? Most everyone in here would say amen. And there are those that are here that you get good starts trying to serve God. You jump on that potter's wheel. You surrender your your life into the hands of the potter. And man, he's trying his best to mold you. And and he's trying to work out the imperfections in your life. Deal with the rough edges. Deal with the cracks. Deal with the things that's wrong that is there. Oh, he's washed him the blood and he's covered your sins, cast them as far as the east is from the west, but there's still those weights in your life that you're having to deal with, those things that are there that are causing issues in your spiritual life. And many, rather than surrendering to the touch of a potter, they'll jump off the potter's wheel and they'll leave the very hand of God, backslide, be out of relationship with the Lord, doing their own thing. But today I want to ask you, you're here in this place not by accident. God doesn't do anything by accident. He ordains everything. How many of you understand that? If he doesn't allow it, it doesn't happen. You're here today not on accident. You're here because God wanted you at Cross Point Church on Sunday morning, February the something, February the 12th, I think it is, February the 12th, 2023. God brought you here for a reason. Now I know that oftentimes everybody wants to just overlook the things in their life. We want to forget about it. We want to push it to the back burner. We we want to escape from it. What causes people to look to the drugs because they're trying to escape their reality? What causes somebody to want to get drunk out of their mind? They're wanting to escape from the reality. And oftentimes we find that even Christians will will sit on on chairs or pews for years and just meander through life, go through the formality of church, but never allow the Lord to fully deal with the cracks and thorns and wounds that are in their lives. The truth is today that it can be many different things. I pinned this one down as the Holy Spirit gave it to me, and I'm going to tell you, that there's some of you that are dealing with cracks in your vessels not because of what you did, but because of what daddy did, because of what mama did maybe granny or grandpa, but generational curses that you're having to fight daddy's devils, you're having to fight mama's devils, and it keeps poking holes in your vessel when you're doing your best to serve God and and you've never been able to put your finger on, why is it that I'll make some progress, I'll take two or three steps forward and then several steps backward and I do good for a little while and then I lose my joy and I lose my peace and, and I just can't seem to make it It's because you've not stopped and realized the generational problems that were fought before you that never won the victory and they've caused cracks in your spiritual life, your spiritual vessel, and there's a continual seeping out of of the joy of the Lord in your life and the peace of God. Rather than dealing with the cracks, you've just overlooked them. Sometimes... It's wrong perspectives. You're seeing it all wrong. You're looking through the filter of the world. You're looking through the filter of somebody else's opinion, some ungodly counsel that was given to you, and as a result, it's caused cracks. Sometimes it's wrong priorities. You just can't seem to get it together. You want to serve God, but man, you just can't get it together. You can't be faithful to church. You can't be faithful in prayer. Can't be faithful to read the Bible. Can't be faithful to worship. These cracks in your vessel that you're dealing with because you've got your priorities wrong. I love how you shout me down. Sometimes it's because you're filled with doubt. Because you've listened to others that have, said, that, have, that have spoken doubt into your spirit and faith is now gone, and now you got a crack in your vessel. For some, it's because you always are discouraged. You live in discouragement. You're always just down and out all the time, and it keeps your vessel cracked where the Lord can't use you. For some, your relationship with God is circumstantial. What do you mean? As long as things are good, you're good. long as the bills are being paid, man, you're happy, joyful, praising God, shouting around the altar. But when it hits rock bottom, you're, you're down in the dumps. You're having yourself a pity party, all milly mouth, and uh, ain't got a lick of worship or praise in your spirit because there's cracks in your vessel. For some... You find yourself serving God more out of obligation than relationship. I got that box that I've got to check every Sunday. Boop. Went to church. Paid my tithes. Boop. All those. It's obligation. It's not relationship. Long as I show up to church on Sunday, I'm good. There's cracks in your vessel. It leads you to a place that self-righteousness takes over. You see, today... If there 's cracks in your vessel, you 've got to be willing to admit it. I 'm a crackpot. <laughs> Would you just help somebody beside you confess it? Would you just turn to him real quick? You just say, "I'll go first, just tell go ahead, Egan, Just say you're a crack pot. you're a crack pot. Come on, just tell somebody. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you're a cracked pot. Listen, I don't care who you are. There is none righteous, no, not one. Every last one of us in here have areas in our life that we need the Lord as we're on that potter's wheel to mold us into who he would have us to be. I know nobody likes to have to go through the process, but it's that process of the potter continually applying that pressure and moving that clay as the clay is spinning and as he's adding water that clay is spinning around. Don't get off the potter's wheel when you feel like your life is spinning out of control. Just know that God is working a process in your life. He's going to bring you out on the other side better than you went in. Preacher, I'm under a lot of pressure. Just know he's working something good out of you. You might feel like there's pressure from every angle. It's because the potter is molding you. Yeah. I love the continual application of the water. I've watched many times. We showed a video where that potter, he'll take that brush. Dip it in that water and just just sling it on that that clay. There's some potter's wheels that's got a little little water line that'll run up, and he can just tap that foot and boop. It puts the water onto that vessel, keeping it wet and moist. How many of you know today that when pottery begins to dry, if it's if it's if it's not drying right, it will crack the pieces. And that potter knows I gotta keep it moist in the process. It's gonna go through the fire down the road. And come out a tried vessel. But right now, in the process, if it's going to make it through it, I got to keep water continually applied. How many of you know that that's why we need a fresh move of God? That's why we need an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. That's why we need the river of God's Spirit to flood our souls continually, applying water to our vessels. Whoa, hallelujah. Cracked vessels. Surrender to the will of the potter and let him make you brand new. Would you turn and tell somebody he didn't throw me away? <laughs> ah. You know, somebody else would have just threw us away. But the Lord said, no, I, I love you too much to throw you away. Oh, but I'm a mess. Yeah, but I'm going to take that mess and turn it into what? Turn it into a message. Come on. I'm not going to throw you away. There's an old song that says that. God bless the day. He didn't throw the clay away. If you're glad today that though there may be cracks in your vessels, that you're still in the hands of the potter, and he's working all things together for your good. Come on. Anybody glad today that though it may be pressure applied and spinning out of control, he's putting some water on you today? Uh Hallelujah. Not only do I want to feel that we need to look at cracked vessels, but also today we need to talk about thorns in the flesh. I want you to go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, the Bible says, Paul speaking, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. How many of you know that God uses what Satan desires to destroy? He uses that to build us up. What Satan meant to tear down, God was using to keep Paul humble. And in verse 8 it says, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. He prayed three times for deliverance. But the Lord responded in verse 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. When we look at this passage, I know that many have talked about it. Through the years, many theologians have given their opinions often Some would come even to to agreement on what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. But Paul didn't expound on it. He didn't give us exactly the thorn in the flesh that he was talking about. He only called it a messenger of Satan. So we don't know with certainty what his thorn in the flesh was. But we do know also, though, that he referred to it as an infirmity. And that word infirmity means this in the Greek. It means feebleness. It means frailty. It also means disease, sickness, and weakness. Now, Paul was one. I, I, when I imagine the Apostle Paul, I've always thought of him, you know, as this man's man, this big, robust guy, you know, that, that would speak with a, a deep, powerful voice. But according to one translation of a Greek historian, a century after the Apostle Paul had died, He described the apostle Paul as a man of middling size. Said that his hair was scanty and his legs a little crooked and his knees were far apart. He had large eyes and his eyebrows met and his nose was somewhat long. (laughs) Oh, poor, old, poor old Paul. Sound like they I don't know if that's what he looked like or not. There's another one that said that his eyebrow was like a caterpillar on his forehead. I don't know. We call it today what? A unibrow, right? <laughs> but the Apostle Paul was not much to look at. Matter of fact, the, the, uh, the church of Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 said this about him. He said, Paul said this, for some say Paul's letters are demanding and forceful, but in person he is weak and his speeches are worthless. The Apostle Paul, I don't know, but I believe we can draw some conclusions here. He faced physical issues. And he faced spiritual issues. He he faced feelings like you face and like I face. Some say that the Apostle Paul's infirmity was an eye disease. And that is why the majority of his epistles were penned by somebody else as he dictated them to him. Regardless, all we know is this, is that the Apostle Paul knew what it was to suffer in the flesh. And he asked the Lord three times to take away this thorn in the flesh. He asked him three times. Listen to me. He asked him three times for deliverance, but deliverance didn't come the way he had hoped nor the way he had prayed for. For in verse number nine, this is what the Lord said to him. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. I want us to look at that verse for just a second. My grace my grace is one word in the Greek, and it means favor. It means benefit. It means gift. The Lord was saying, my favor in your life, my benefit upon you, my gift to you is enough. sufficient, is enough for you, is all that you need. My grace, my favor on you is all that you need. Then he said, for my strength. That's the Greek word dunamis. Dunamis. And it means miraculous power. It means ability and might. He said that my miraculous power, my might is made perfect or complete in weakness. Can we bring this down to where it really is? The Lord is saying that I know you've asked me to deliver you from this, but I'm telling you that my favor on your life and my power on you is is enough for you in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your weakness, the Lord is saying that my grace is enough and my power is enough. I know there's often times in our lives, listen to me, that we wish and pray and beg and plead, oh God, deliver me. Oh God, heal me. Oh God, set me free. Oh God, do this. But we find this example from the Apostle Paul that there may be areas of our life, maybe it is a physical affliction, maybe it's an infirmity of the flesh that you With And you beg God to heal you, but the healing hasn't came. Maybe it's a, a a struggle in your mind. Maybe it's a mental struggle that just won't go away. Maybe it's a battle of temptation to sin, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. And you've prayed and asked forgiveness and repented and begged God to bring deliverance. But you find in yourself that it seems as though the heavens are brass. Your prayers aren't getting off the ground but perhaps maybe what the Lord is saying is listen I'm gonna forgive you and wash this sin away from your life I'm gonna be I'm gonna be all that you need in your hour of difficulty and struggle I know you've asked for healing I know you've asked for deliverance I know you've asked for freedom but I'm telling you my favor on your life is enough for you and I'm telling you my miraculous power is enough to bring you through it victory as an overcomer, you can overcome. Why? Because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Yes. Uh, we don't like to think and talk about the thorn of the flesh. That's one area. Paul shows us that deliverance didn't come like he asked. The Lord said, No, Paul, you're going to walk through this. You're going to have to walk through this. But you're going to walk through it with my favor on you. You're going to walk through it by my might. What what did Zechariah say in chapter 4, verse 6? That it's not by might nor by power, but how? By my spirit spirit said who? By my spirit says the Lord. That's why in the next part of that verse, stay with me now. We're hurrying. Chapter 12, verse 9, the second part says, so now am I glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's the New Living Translation. Verse 10, the weaknesses that he begins to describe are defined as insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles. In chapter 12, verse 1 of Hebrews, he describes things as weights and sins which doth so easily beset us. The weights and the sins, the Lord is saying my grace is enough for you. My favor is enough for you. My strength, my miraculous power is perfect for your weakness. That word strength in that verse, I want to go back to it. Dunamis. Everybody say dunamis. That's where we get our... look. If you was to look how it's spelled, you'd know that's where we get our word dynamite. Turn to your neighbor and tell them dynamite. Come on, tell them one time. Dynamite. You older folks know what... I'm sure you was thinking what I was thinking. Dunamis. That miraculous power. Did you know that that's the same Greek word that Jesus used in Luke 9 and 1 when the Bible says he called his 12 disciples together and gave listen now, gave them power and authority over all devils and the cure diseases. How am I going to make it through this messenger of Satan that's been sent to buffet me? Paul used it actually, actually in writing what the Lord said. The Lord said, my dunamis, my miraculous power. He had to remind Paul that my power is enough. That devil you're staring down, the Lord said, I've given you power and authority over that messenger of Satan. Hallelujah. In Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said, Terry, until you receive the promise and in verse 8 he said, you shall receive what? Power. You know what that is? Dunamis. You shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Call it strength. Call it power. Call it what you want but call it that the Lord said it's mine and I'm going to give it to you. Oh, hallelujah. How am I going to make it through this? I'll tell you how, Katie. This is how, through the miraculous power of the Lord himself, Leah, that said, no devil you're fighting is greater than the God you serve. Hallelujah. Uh, that means if I'm having to battle generational devils. I'm gonna call on my God. Any time you shut the devil up, come on. Ain't it time grace and Holy Ghost power will enable you to endure and to overcome the flesh and the devil. Can I get an amen? This brings us to wounds, wounded hearts, wounds, whether self inflicted or caused by others, they all have to be healed. In Micah chapter 1, verse 9, the Lord speaking, he says, For her wound is incurable. Listen. Her wound is incurable, for it is come unto Judah. He is come unto the gate of my people, even to Jerusalem. One translation says it this way. For my people's wound is too deep to heal. It is reached into Judah, even to the gates of Jerusalem. You understand the symbolic meaning of Judah and Jerusalem? being praise and peace. And so it serves to come to the conclusion that there are wounds that can reach your praise and come into the gates of your peace. Are you hearing me? You see, either your wound will fuel your praise or it will steal your praise. Your wound will be healed in the peace of God or will rob you of your peace. I believe today that there are men and women in this place that if you will just be honest with yourself and with the Lord, you can leave here today healed. I know this, this morning that the reason I asked you to take, tell your neighbor, ask your neighbor to take their mask off is because I just want us all to get real. See, Isaiah dealt with wounds in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 6. He said this, From the sole of the foot even unto the head, there's no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores that have neither been closed up or bound up or mollified with ointment. That word mollified means treated or softened with ointment. The Lord asked this question through Isaiah the prophet in chapter 8 and verse 22 when he said, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? The very word balm means medicine. Gilead is defined, we've talked about it before, as a hard, stony region east of the Jordan. Physician is one that can cure, heal, repair, make whole. Health is healing and restoration. And recovered is restored or to go up. Hear me now. How is it that folks can come to church every week and still leave out with wounds unhealed? How is it that we can pray and read our Bible even every day and yet there be a wound inside of us? still not healed. How is it we can sit in moments like this? We can sit in Bible studies. We can worship and praise. We can sing. We can play. We can serve. We can do all of that, but yet there's wounds inside of us that still aren't healed. See, some of you have been carrying wounds around for many, many, many years. Some of you in here today, even those that are my senior, those that are 10, 20, and 30 years older than I am today that are in this room, if you'd be honest with yourself, you'd be willing to admit that there's a wound in your life. There's a sore spot. Maybe it's not a deep internal wound. Maybe it's a sore spot, that place that if somebody puts their finger on it, it it causes memories inside of you. It it brings the worst out of you at, at times because it's a wound that is deep on the inside. Is there not a medicine still in the house of God? Is there not a healer in the house? Is there not a savior that died on an old rugged cross for us? Is there not a savior that Isaiah said he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquity? Is there not a savior that Isaiah said the of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we're healed. Is Jesus done healing, folks? Has the blood of Jesus dried up and no longer flowing? Has the Lord's arm shortened where he can't reach people? Or is there a Savior that is still alive and well? Is there one that is Emmanuel, God with us, that walks in our midst, walks in our sanctuaries, walks in our living rooms with arms outstretched, nail scars in his hands, and says that he died just for us. He was wounded that we could be made whole. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no more medicine of God around these altars? Is there no physician? said, then why then? Why then? And I believe we've got to ask ourselves that question. If the Lord is the great, we call him the great physician. He he rebuked the Pharisees at one point and had to bring clarification to their religious doctrinal perspective when he said, listen, the, the, the well don't need a physician. The sick are the ones that need the physician. Can we just declare it today? That all of humanity is sick and needs a physician. And there's only one that is able to heal the soul. There's only one that is able to heal the broken heart. There's only one that is able (laughs) to mend that that has been wounded. And his name is Jesus. Jesus standing up in the temple with a scroll of Isaiah in his hand. He read Luke 4, 18, Luke records it as this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He hath sent me to heal. That Greek word means to cure, to make whole, to heal. I don't know about you, but I don't like taking medicine. But I'll take it if I need to take it. But I'm going to tell you something that I don't want is to have to be on medicine every day of my life. don't want to have to. But I'm going to tell you this, spiritually, every day, I have to have a dose of the Holy Ghost. Spiritually, every day, I got to push old stubborn Michael out of the way and get on my face before God and receive that that the Lord has for me. And I know in this place today there are those uh, that, that maybe, maybe you feel like, well, I, it, that is so far behind me I don't even want to dig it up. But the truth is this. It's a wound in your life that you've not been healed of and you need to let the Lord heal you. Only he can make you whole. Said the broken hearted, you know what that means? That Greek word means to crush completely, to shatter, to break into pieces, broken to shivers, bruised. Perhaps you're here today and there are wounds in your life you've never dealt with or maybe you've tried but they've never healed. Maybe you feel like you've been completely crushed You've been com- completely shrat- shattered, broken into pieces, and on the inside, maybe you even feel like it's hopeless, like you're going to die this way, that there'll never be any healing for you, but I've come to tell you that there is one that will bring healing unto your soul. You may always have the memories of what happened, and again, oh, well, the apostle Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus the Lord can even help you forget some of the pain but the reality is most of the time you may still can remember things that went on in your life but you can remember it no longer in the weeping and squalling and the bleeding of a wound but you can remember it as a scar something that's been healed in your life that is now a testimony let me tell you where my Jesus brought me from let me tell you where he brought me out of. Let me tell you what he healed me from. Wounds. Got to thinking about the many different things that the wounds could be. And there's so many things to describe. Perhaps today, maybe it's the failure of a relationship. Maybe a failed marriage. Perhaps it's the relationship issues because you'd no longer have a friendship or relationship with your family, a brother or a sister, maybe a mom or a dad, but it's created wounds. Wounds that are there on the inside of you. Maybe it's things that you've done in your life that has hurt you to the core and you're so wounded on the inside. Things that are self-inflicted. Maybe it's circumstantial. Maybe it's situational. But it's things that you think of that are wounds on the inside. Maybe somebody hurt you. Somebody said something about you. Somebody lied on you. Somebody mistreated you. Somebody stole from you. Somebody betrayed you. These wounds that are there that will bleed and bleed and bleed in your life. Brother Tim, if you'd come, everyone please hold steady with me for just a few moments. This may very well be one of the most important parts of this service. This is where I believe the Lord is desired for us to get all morning long. So I need you to pay very, very close attention. Hear me because I believe there are some under the sound of my voice today that there are wounds in your life because you suffered. As at the hands of somebody else. Physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, Nonetheless, it's abuse in your life. Things that happened to you, maybe it happened to you when you are a child, maybe it happened to you when you are an adult, but it's things that was there, Satan used somebody to bring such wounds into your life. Now let me just stop there for just a moment because this week I have felt the Holy Spirit actually, it's been happening for the past few weeks, and I've just waited for the moment that he would have me to speak it, and I, I feel the nudging of the Holy Ghost, right? now so I'm going to say it listen to me there is a spirit in the land today not just in this land but around the world and it is an evil demonic wicked spirit and it is a spirit of lust and it is a spirit of lust that has turned the eyes and I'm going to say it whether the devil wants me to or not that has turned the eyes and the hearts of grown men to children and what I mean by that is this that there are far too many children that are being molested and abused in homes today at the hands of daddies and stepdaddies and uncles and granddaddies and brothers and cousins. And there may not be any other preacher willing to stand behind the pulpit and say that it it better stop. And it needs to stop right now. But can I declare today that it's got to end. It's got to end. We need a revival today in the the hearts of men that will be turned back to God and they'll give their hands off the children and get their hands because they're creating wounds in the lives of people that they'll live with them for years if the Lord doesn't heal them. It is sin. It is demonic. It is evil. And the Lord is dead set against it. And matter of fact, he said this. He said, it'd be better for you that a millstone be hung around your neck and you be cast into the sea if you harm one of these little ones. So I'm telling you, I'm just one of those pastors that ain't going to stand for it around here because we're going to be holy and righteous and godly. Get your hands off our babies and get your hands at the foot of the cross and surrender your life to God. Wounds. Wounds that are hurting people to the core. Wounds that are causing people to bleed on the inside. Abuse. Some of you right now have memories of your abuse as I'm talking about it. It hurts. And the devil wants that to haunt you all your life. I've come to tell you today, there is one who will heal your broken heart. There is one that loves you when they were whipping him, putting stripes on his back. He was thinking about us, about the pain on the inside that he and he alone could heal. He had to have said, I'll I'll take it for Marshall. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it for Shay. I'll take it for Hannah. Naked. And every blow that went on him and the, the skin ripped from his body so that we could be healed. Pastor, I can't believe you've said some of the things you said today. Get over it. I can't tell you the adults I've counseled with through the years that are struggling in their marriage because of the wounds of their childhood. Struggling in life because of the wounds of their childhood. You don't have to carry that another day. You can be here. In Hebrews chapter 4, I read to you one verse, but I want to read to you the next verse. The, the verse I read says, For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16. He said, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning that there's some grown adults that are still grieving over mom and daddy's divorce. Because mom and daddy divorced and, and it impacted you and you've never dealt with it. It's a wound. I want you to know today that there's a potter. There's a potter that can repair every crack. <laughs> Woo! Whatever's broken on the inside of you, there's a potter that'll make you brand new. Hallelujah. There's a potter and there's also a helper. There's one that sees you battling that thorn in the flesh, sickness in your body, battling in your mind. Facing things in life, he sees that thorn in the flesh. You prayed, oh God, take this thing away. God, heal me of this. Lord, help me to think different. Help me to act different. Help me to walk different. Help me to do He sees all of it and he says this, I'm going to help you overcome it. He's a helper. And he's also a healer. The wounds on the inside. No matter how they got there, whether you caused it or somebody else, there's a healer. I said there's a healer. Anybody thankful there's a healer? There's a healer today. Oh, there's a healer. There's a healer. I want to ask you to stand with me. Boldly come under the throne of grace. How, Pastor? Why, Pastor? Why can I boldly come to the throne? Why? I want to tell you why, because the Lord understands your pain and your struggle. Would you just say, the Lord understands? Would you just say that? Now don't use that as an excuse for sin, because it's not an excuse for sin but He understands your pain and your struggle. Why can I come boldly under the throne of grace? Because He not only understands me, He loves me. Are you hearing me? Would you just say those words, Jesus loves me. Oh, that was one of the first songs we ever learned in children's church. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. Would you just say that out and to yourself for a moment? Jesus loves me. Because maybe today you feel like nobody loves you. I've come to tell you Jesus loves you. Maybe you feel like nobody understands what you're facing and what you're going through. I've come to tell you the Lord understands and He loves you. Why can I come boldly to the throne? Because the Lord understands my pain and struggle. Because He not only understands me, He loves me. Also, I can boldly come because I need help. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you need help. Just tell him. You've been wanting to tell him at all service. Just tell him real quick you need help. (laughs) I can boldly come because I need help. And can I tell you who the Lord is attracted to? He's attracted to those that need help. The physician isn't sent to the well. The physician is sent to the sick. When you go in a doctor's office... They'll take your vitals and check your blood pressure and listen to your heart and check your throat, all all that they do with your symptoms. But if they can't figure it out, sometimes they'll say, well, we 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 might need to send you on over and get an x-ray. And that don't show, well, we're going to need to get a CAT scan. And then, then, well, we're going to need an MRI. They do all these things because I'll tell you why. Because they're not God. God. They can't see on the inside without some kind of scientific equipment. But once they can see on the inside, they can identify and say, yep, this is what's wrong. It's, it's right over here. It was kind of tucked away and hidden over here. But that is what's causing your problem. Listen, discouragement isn't your problem. Discouragement is your symptom. Depression isn't your problem. Depression is your symptom. Anxiety, panic attack, that's not the problem. It's the symptom. Are you hearing me? The reality is the Lord doesn't want to just give you something to help with your symptoms. That's momentarily. He wants to heal what is wrong on the inside of you. I'm tired of this over-the-counter spiritual stuff that just stops my spiritual runny nose. I need something that's going to heal me. Folks just want to pop a spiritual pain pill, a feel-good moment in a service, but we don't really deal with what's causing the pain. It's time that we deal with it. Can Can I just be real with you for a second? And I'm going to say this, and if you husbands get mad at me, then just get mad at me. But some of you guys, listen, you, you're going to have to put your, check your macho-ness at the door. Because if you don't get on your face before God and start weeping and squalling and crying out unto God, your marriage is not going to last. I'm telling you that because I love you. I'm telling you that because I care about you. Because the truth is we men want to act like we ain't got wounds. No, we're strong, we're tough, we're mighty. And the reality is there's a wound inside of you. You're hurting on the inside. And can I tell you what hurt people do? Hurt people hurt people. See, I believe God's wanting to bring a revival under the men of Cross Point Church. Some men that'll say, I'm, I am bid and determined. I'm going to be the best husband I've ever been in 2023. I'm going to be the best dad I've ever been in 2023. And all this that's got me rough around the edges. It's got me at times mean, hateful, and bitter. I'm going to let God heal me of that. So I can be who he wants me to be. Women, oh, help me, Lord. Seen it through the years. Listen, men, you be patient with your ladies. See, my wife knows me better than anybody, and I know her better than anybody. She puts up with me. (laughs) When God puts you all together, He did it for y'all to be soulmates, to love each other until death do you part. And if you know the pain that your bride has been through, then you need to ask God to help you to love her all the way into her healing in the arms of the Lord. Be patient with her. It's nowhere in my notes, I'm out of notes. I just feel like the Holy Ghost wants to do a deep healing work today. I just wonder if there's anybody that says, Pastor, you can stop right now because I'm ready to fall across this altar like my brother up here today. Or is there anybody in this place that say there's cracks, thorns, there's wounds in my life, and I need the Lord to help me today. If you need the help of the Lord, no matter what it is, would you shoot your hand up right now? Come on, all across this room, shoot it up, shoot it up, shoot it up, shoot it up. Shoot it up. All over this place, all over this place. We're fixing to come to these altars, but before we do, would you bow your head? If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm not in right relationship with the Lord. I've, maybe you once were saved, but you've backslidden and away from God. You say, but I want to make things right today. I want to renew my relationship with the Lord. Or perhaps this morning you're here and you've never, ever gotten saved. You've never given your heart to the Lord or received him as your Savior. But you say, today I want to I want to be in right relationship with the Lord. Either one of those, backslidden or the first time ever. You say, I want to be in right relationship with God. Would you just shoot that hand up right now? Lord sees this hand. Is there another? There's another hand. Is there another? Hallelujah. Is there another? Is there another? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to be in right relationship with the Lord. If you raised your hand, I want to ask you to do something that's going to be a bold move for you. But listen to me. You're going to be surrounded by folks that love you and care about you and want to pray with you. I want you to step out from where you are and file down to an altar right now. Come on. If you raised your hand in that moment. Come on. Come on. That, there it is. Come on. I'm going to give my heart to Jesus today. Can we give the Lord a hand for these that have came forward today? Hallelujah. I need ministers. I need ministers that have move under these and begin to pray with them. But every last one of you that raised your hands today and said, I need the help of the Lord today. I got cracks in my vessel. There's thorns in the flesh that the enemy's using against me. Or maybe there's wounds that are in the depths of your soul. But today, you'll say, I need the help of the Lord. If you say, that's me, and you raised your hand, or even if you didn't, I want every one of us from from over here to all the way over here begin to file down to these altars, stretch all the way up around these steps, Move over to this side. I want everybody to come. Come on, come, come, come. Because the helper is here today. The helper is here today. The helper is here today. He's going to repair what's broken. He's going to help you in the midst of it all. He's going to heal what's hurting and what's wounded. He's here today to do that that you need him to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I need some more folks that have come and gather by somebody. Get by somebody and pray one for another. Come on, all through here. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.